This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash RedBullRant. The following podcast may contain language not suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Ram Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of SB Nation and Once a Metro. I'm your host, Jason Ipico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman. And this is episode 157, the Chi Town Beatdown. So I had a I had, I had a thought that I was going to read off. I don't know how this thought popped in my head, but I, I was going to go online and look up the Navy way to announce a fire on a ship and then modify it because I figured that would be pretty appropriate. And then I realized it's probably a stupid idea. So. <laughs> but yeah, so... Well, I mean, it's uh, not as stupid as saying fire game. Well, oh, you know, oh, or, or Seattle Sounders. Sorry, I had a... Um, <laughs> Alright, so... Chicago beat the Red Bulls 3-2 to um, last night. And what was... Had to be one of the craziest games this year. So, Red Bulls open up with a penalty kick early on. That Sasha Collection puts away... By the way, Sasha Kleshin now apparently is taking the penalty kicks over Ray Phillips full time. Yep. Um, yeah, that's fine. Then right. I think Chicago scored two to close out the first half. I forget when exactly they scored. But then, a f- like four or five minutes into the second half, on a corner kick, the Red Bulls pull out a trick play. Um, who was it? Lloyd Sam. Uh, hold on one second. They pulled out the knuckle puck. Yeah, yeah they, they did. did. Um, Lloyd Sam, so <laughs> actually, I'll describe it first, then I'll get into the whole controversy. So, and Lloyd we Sam, all saw it. We all saw it. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. So you saw it, but so basically, we all watched the game. So yeah, so basically, you know, Lloyd Sam, a little bit of trickery, just quickly tapped the ball to restart it. But so here, here is where the controversy comes in. Um, Major League Soccer and the, the professional referees organization decided, in their infinite wisdom, to message. At least MSG. I don't know if they did this to the Chicago broadcast, but they at least decided to message MSG and say that that goal should not have been allowed. Now, why do I say this? Because that never fucking happens. Ever. Unless in the middle of a game says that the referee got something wrong. What were they expecting wow. to go? Oh, we'll take, we'll take the goal back. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. Like, whoopsie doodle. I mean, that's just like, and, and I'll, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but. What I do suggest is go. You go to onesmetro.com. Austin Fighter wrote a great, piece, a long piece. So give yourself like ten minutes. But he wrote a great piece detailing not only the situation with the actual rules in terms of the goal, but MLS's interpretation. And so just just to clarify on this for for what we know anyway, that last touch by Lloyd Sam. I say the last touch because there was a few touches there. The last touch by Lloyd Sam would, in fact, put a ball into play on a corner kick. So now the question becomes, when did the referee signal uh, to put the ball in play? It's hard to tell from the broadcast. I have no fucking clue, but Sasha Kleschen asked the assistant referee, and he said, you're good. So... There you go. And and and, and the center ref did not stop anything. So I'm going to say that that's all legal then. Yep. Absolutely. But, so... Pat, I believe um, you said the takesies backsies, right? 
What was that? Then you say no takesies back. No takesies backsies. <laughs> Alright, so let's let's get into this one with our like and dislike. Uh Pat, you're up first. What'd you dislike about oh, this one? Uh you know, I, I guess you guys just dislike that the you know, they can't seem to exercise their Toyota Park demons. Um, you know, it's uh, uh Chicago for whatever reason is even as bad as they are, has uh, the Red Bulls number or whatever they play in that place and it's weird because it's not an intimidating environment. I mean there were something like only like ten thousand people there last night. Um you know, so you, you got to wonder what it is about Toyota Park that the Red Bulls can't get over the hump, despite the fact that the players that were on the team 10 years ago are not the players that are on the team now. You know, what, what is it about this place? Uh, what gets in their head? Um, so, so really, that's the big uh, dislike, I think I have to say, about this uh, match. Although it's not a jinx. Jinxes aren't real, okay? <laughs> so let's leave it at that. Uh, all right. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I it made no sense. And and not only can you not win there, you played one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. A bottom feeder. And that is not only did they lose, but they they looked bad. They looked bad. You know, you can lose and look okay, but they look terrible. Listless passing. Uh Connor Laid looked really bad in this game. I know everyone was jumping on Zubar, but Connor Laid was just he was giving the ball away multiple times. Times. It's the that whole first half. I mean, I, who was? I didn't know who the team in second place in the conference was. <laughs> Chicago was dominating with the ball. They couldn't get any real good runs going. It was nope. just. It was ugly. It was really, really ugly. Uh, the goals surrendered were, I mean, just brutal defend defensive breakdowns. Uh, it's. Yuck! It's funny on a certain uh, a certain message board, I laughed because someone said, uh, "I think I think Zubar shouldn't start. I think Perinell should start." Abdui, maybe he didn't know that Perinell couldn't play in this game. <laughs> uh, but what what do we know, right? What do we know? Yeah, yeah I mean, just a a big old dislike of bullshitty. Oh yeah. Um, I will say I don't know if Zubar should have started. Obviously, Parnell can't because he's suspended. But maybe uh, we met who had you know started the last game could have played this one. Just saying. <clears throat> but apparently, getting back a thirty-something-year-old center back into form by starting him on a night when you have a game in hand is more important than anything else. Against the bad I team. Know. I mean, great. That's what you get for starting backups, Jay. That's what you get. That's what you get. There's your backup <laughs> players. Uh, how many backups were on the field last night? I know him. <laughs> one. I, I still who's, who's the, who's the one that said they just that all the starters are going to play and they're going to win? I didn't say. Did I predict a win? Why don't you go check the predictions? Yeah, okay, that's right. the phrase that. Who's the one who talked me out of the uh, the whole sub starting thing? But hey, I was still I was still right. Jesse Marsh did do what I thought, right? Yeah, just it's saying. Not Jesse's fault. They look like horse shit on the field. They look like horse shit. Yep. I don't know. Maybe we, I mean, we should put RBNY2 out there. They could beat Chelsea, right? Of course. Yeah, why not? They could beat anybody. All right, so my dislike is the just the situation with MLS and Pro. Like, I understand Pro, when they do their weekly, like, look at a call and say, this is what the referee could have done better thing. That makes sense. That gives us a good point of view that hasn't been there before. MLS soccer, or MLS soccer has an instant replay, which I disagree with having because why call out the referees for your league? But at least it's 
trying to be entertaining, I guess, as much as Simon Borg is, and he's not a referee. But anyway, um, but to call somebody out in the middle of a match like that is just asinine. Because not only you're saying your center referee got it wrong, you're saying the assistant. So you're saying two, you're saying one half of the referees at that game last night fucked up on a goal. Like who the hell says that while the right. game is going? It just baffles me. Yep, it is. It's kind of a slap in the face to everybody, honestly. Yeah, very much so. All right, so likes the game. Uh, Chun, you go first. What'd you like about this one? Well, let. Okay, we're going to talk about Zubar again because I just thought this was, was kind of funny. Uh, that at halftime, everyone was just absolutely crushing that guy. I mean, beating the hell out of him. And some of it justly so. You know, not a not a great first half. But uh, then he scores the goal <laughs> on the trick play. I thought that was kind of funny. I thought that when they, they completely just were smashing the guy online, he's the one who gets the team even. So it's, it's a like in a game where there wasn't much to like. But, you know, I'll take it. Okay. Um... I guess for me, my like would just be get this loss out now and uh, get get back into form down the stretch here. Uh, you know, if you're going to lose a game, it might as well be someone who, even though, yeah, sure, they're the worst team in the league, uh, it might as well be against a team that's just, you know, not at all going to threaten your position in the standings. Uh, it's like the Chivas game uh, two years ago when they won the Sporter Shield. Uh, you know, if the sky's not falling, it's a crummy loss, but, you know, they can rebound and uh, take it to the rival this weekend and uh, get three points and a uh, much more crucial three points. So, um, yeah, so that, that, that's my life. It's just that it's out of the way now. You knew a loss was coming at some point. Uh, let this be it and uh, be on your way to the playoffs. And if I'm not mistaken, that loss against Chivas was followed by a win against DC United, which I believe... Which I believe I was at actually two years ago. There you go. So only I could be there this time. All right. Anyway, um, my look at the game is Sasha Kleschen putting away a penalty kick because, and, and I know penalty kicks are kind of a get in your head thing, but at least we seem to have a person who's at the moment. And I'm and I'm not trying to slam Brother Phils for this because I can't imagine how, that it's e- that it's that easy to take a penalty kick. Because if it is, everybody would take one. But at least we have someone who's willing to step up and take the penalty kicks at when Brother Phillips isn't up for it. So there you go. He's doing well, Sasha. You know, he's doing all right. I know people are kind of poo-pooing his play. Uh, Has it been stellar? But again, on a game like last night, no one's play was stellar. I, I, I know I don't want to keep this talking about dislikes and stuff, but listen, people want to, people want to pick on Sasha last night too. It was not a good game by anybody. It really honestly won. You know who it was a good game for? Luis Robles. He really, yeah. I mean, he kept them in the game as much as possible, making great saves. He really did. I mean, you know, he's been the absolute stalwart, and uh, it could have been a lot worse without him in goal. They, everybody, everybody looked bad, plain and simple. And before we move on, Jay, I just have to make one more comment. Gonzalo Verón, dude, I'm going to tell you right now, buddy, I hope you listen to the show, MLS referees will not call a foul in your favor when you're falling over. Nope. You, you, you're, you're new in the league. You're not Landon Donovan. You know, you're, you're a young kid. You are not going to get those calls. So, really, you just got to keep get up and keep playing. We all know what he was trying to do, especially right at the end of the game, right there on the line. You know, maybe get a free kick in their favor, but, buddy, 
it, it's just not going to happen. It, it's not. So you just got it. Someone's. I hope Dax talked to him, the captain, and just said, "Look, get up and keep playing, man. That's all you can do." All right. So let's move on. Um, prediction wise, only one person got anything right in this match, and that was Aaron Bauer, who actually predicted a four-two loss. Um, apparently, he drank some bad water down in Brazil. Um, everybody else was draws and, lo- and wins. So uh, for the standings, nothing's changed. Oh, wait, actually, I'm sorry. Aaron Bauer moves into third, tied with May for 13 points. Aside from that, nothing else has changed. Still the king. For now. He's still got, what, like 10 games left? Four, five. Yep, 10 on the dot. So there you go. 10 games mm-hmm. left. All right. Home All right. stretch, baby. Home stretch. <clears throat> All right. So we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll have more Red Bull Rant right after this. Welcome back to Red Bull Rant. Uh, in honor of Hate DC Week or DC Hate Week, whichever way you want to spell it, um, we have joining us the evil Jason, yeah. Jason Anderson, yeah. from the uh, SB Nation blog, Black and Red United. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back on, guys. He, he's Negaduck. <laughs> oh, man. That's fine. If, if I'm the only one who, yeah, I was say, if I'm the only one who gets that reference, I'm totally cool with that. Darkwing we Duck do, reference. Wow. I, I, you know, I was about to say, should we do another um, call-in reference? But I guess not, since Pat just ruined it. There <laughs> you go, good. Pat. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's been a while since we've seen you guys. I think it was like the fifth week of the season or something like that. The distant past. Yeah. Yeah. yeah seriously. Early, it, early to mid March, something like that. Uh, no, I, I think, think it was, it was like, like two games. games. Well, oh, it was yeah, two it was, games. In, March one hours. Yeah, it was two games in. It was in March at our place, and then in April at your place. And that was that, yeah. that kind of crazy 2-2 uh, draw right. where Red Bulls just decided in the last 10 minutes to turn it on. Uh, so you guys have been kind of busy recently. Um, you have you had uh, two CCL group stage games, which you've won in the last two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. A game against San Jose, which then lost 2 nothing. Yeah. So that was, so, so that was, wh- uh... what's, <laughs> what was the up-and-down weeks here? Um, well, with the, the Champions League group, I mean – it's the second year in a row where we've just gotten a draw that was absolutely amazing in terms of a good fortune. Um, it's the second year in a row we've played a team from Panama and a team from Jamaica. And I would say this year the Jamaican team is worse than the one last year, and the team from Panama is maybe slightly better, but not that much better. Um, so it, it was really fortunate that Olsen could just rotate two teams, essentially. There's been barely any overlap. Um, Steve Birnbaum played a little in Panama, or I guess he played like 50-something minutes in Panama, and then um, that was it. Um, he was rested because he had a little bit of a contusion, and I guess they didn't want to push it and see if it would become a bigger injury, but that's pretty much the only starter that's getting Champions League minutes so far, because they haven't had to push those guys. Um, uh, the game on Tuesday against uh, Montego Bay United, all the teams in the group are, are united. Um, which I guess we have to start preparing for because with Minnesota and Atlanta coming in, it's just going to be uh, uh, almost like a weekly occurrence for, for the rest of the league. You're playing someone that's united. Um, but uh, the the Jamaican team, they're in their preseason. They just changed coaches in the middle of preseason uh, because this is CONCACAF and that's a thing that you do. Um, 
And uh, it showed they were just disorganized, and United didn't even even the B team didn't really have to push very hard, and they still won three nothing. Whereas the you know the San Jose uh, game was just a uh, very very disappointing uh, for ninety minutes, just ninety minutes of of not misery but just like frustration. It was kind of like what happens when teams lose. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy we got San Jose out of the way. I don't know what's going on with that team. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, it's it's funny how Kinnear basically just went to like the most old school um like my first formation 442 um and just said okay I've got speedy wingers and two strikers who will throw themselves at anything and I'm just going to have those fast guys run and cross and those uh those two forwards will just throw themselves at the ball and hopefully it will work and so far it is working which uh was just aggravating because they didn't really do that they didn't have to like make anything special to win the game against DC and DC took like 23 shots which is out of character normally we're very big on like 10 to 15 shots but they're all good shots and this was just like it was kind of like playing ourselves like uh, in a you know in the, the end of those old Nintendo games where the last villain would just be the shadow version of you um, <laughs> it's like kind of like that because San Jose was just like okay take your 30 yard shot we'll, we can live with that and that's all that DC could create so it was a, a pretty aggravating game that the Champions League games as much as nice as it is to be um, if we get a draw in the next one we've, we'll already have sealed it in a spot in the quarterfinals as nice as that in it is it doesn't really make up for the um, the frustration against San Jose it was just uh, it was brutal how much does it anger you when you lose to a shitty team? <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot. I mean, we're out of the Open Cup because we lost to Philadelphia, and they were even down a man. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I feel uh, I feel your pain on that one. Uh, after was it was last night's game? So yeah, it's it's been a season of that. DC has been okay against the good teams. We beat LA, we beat Vancouver in Vancouver, um, but. Our record against Philadelphia is like dead even, and uh, we beat Chicago, but only because Connor Doyle scored the best goal of his life. Um, so, I don't know. It's been it's been a very weird season all season long. It's it's been strange. For a majority of the season, you guys had a hold on the you know supporter shield uh, spot. Uh, now your most recent league games were losses to bottom feeders. Uh, there's certainly some. Uh, some some rumblings on the internet and in the press that DC United has finally been found out. Uh, do you think there's some kind of credence to that? Or you just think this is a, a, a just a fallow moment that they have to get through? Uh, I think it's more the latter. Um, I think they've just they haven't been playing very good DC United soccer. Um, even in some of the wins, uh, you know, beating RSL six four was not a Ben Olsen DC United sort of game. It was a, you know, it was a ridiculous game by anyone's standards. Um, coming back from 2 nothing down after the first four minutes against Philadelphia to win that game, there were both games where it's like, that was really fun to win that, but we should not be winning games by having to come back against teams that aren't going to make the playoffs realistically. Um, we, we shouldn't be in a position where it's, it's you know, throw, throw the kitchen sink at them to, to try and get anything out of the game. Um, and I think it's just been a little bit of um, a little bit of problem in, in the center of the field, central midfield. Uh, Kitchen and Arnold have not been playing. They've been playing bad, but they haven't been playing that well. Um, the center backs haven't been playing that well. Burnbaum had a couple bad games in there. Um, he's sort of bounced back, but not like back to his very best. Um, and Fabian Espindola has been out. Um, 
injury this time. It's 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 like an alternating injury or suspension thing all year long, where we get him for like two weeks and then he's gone again. Um, and without him, the offense has sort of struggled a little bit. Um, last week against San Jose, they tried Michael Farfan. They they called it a four four two still, but Farfan was definitely playing as a fifth midfielder. Um, it didn't really work. There wasn't enough support for Saborio up front, and they they kind of never figured it out. But I really think that if they played their best soccer, they could still – I don't know that teams are beating them tactically as much as just taking advantage of the mistakes that they're making right now, which are just – it's more mistakes than, than this team can really afford to make to win games. Fabian Espinilla, yeah. isn't he fun? Isn't he fun? Uh, he was more fun last year when he was basically like – for two thirds of the season, he had more points per game than Lee Win um, until his uh, his knee injury. Or not, not I, I guess once you factor in the knee injury in the middle of the season. Um, this season, you know, with the suspension that I know he doesn't, he thinks the suspension for shoving the referee was too much. I I thought it was perfectly fair. You know, if you shove a referee, you're going to get the book thrown at you. Um, and then since then, it's been you know. Um, uh, a different knee injury and a hamstring strain, and I think there's another one in there. Um, so it's been one of those years where it's not all his anger um, towards people that's getting him in trouble. It's it's that he's also been unlucky this season with various injuries picked up at training and in games. And this time, Felipe didn't have to um, take a, a whack at him in a game like he did with when he was at Montreal. But uh, it's still been it, it's been when he's played, he's been very good. Um, it's just not been often enough. It, I'm, I'm frankly, I'm surprised that United has as many points as they do because he's missed so many games. It sounds like you guys are kind of getting the 2012 Rafa Marquez only with better performance when he actually shows up treatment. <laughs> a, a little bit. He hasn't like punched or headbutted anyone yet, so that's good. <laughs> at least that I know of. I mean, maybe at training he did, and they just kept it under wraps. <laughs> so, um, so, so last time we talked to you, uh, there was some news about the new uh, stadium you guys were looking at. Um, I know there's been some development since then, so what can you tell us about uh, where that stadium is and, you know, is it, is it going to break ground anytime soon? Uh, the thought is that they want to break ground either late this year or early next year. Um, they haven't nailed down any dates on that. The The district has until the end of next month, I, be, I believe it's September 31st, that they have to um, seal the deal on on. Various. Um, it's not that they have to have acquired the land, but they have to file. They either have to acquire the land or file eminent domain uh, paperwork on this one property owner that just doesn't want to be any part of this, um, and is I guess holding out for some sort of crazy amount per square foot. Um, but as long as they fi- once they file the paperwork, apparently they are allowed to start doing work like the next day, like once the paperwork is signed off on. Um, so. That's pretty much where it, where it stands. Everything appears to be on track. There appears to be no more um, last-second surprises like the mayor-elect uh, deciding that she wants to change the plan uh, right before, right, right when it appeared that there was no time to change the plan, um, which was terrifying. <laughs> for for about a week, it was just like, did she just destroy this thing on a whim? Is it, what's going on? But um, it looks like everything's on course for a stadium that would be just south of the national stadium. It would be closer to the Potomac River. Um, so hopefully no more problems. Hopefully um, there's no like bizarre environmental problem awaiting in the uh, dirt under there or anything like that, and everything can uh, 
get on track. I still they've they've still talked about 2017 as a, a potential year that we would get to play some games there. I still think they're more likely to end up in 2018. I just I don't like I feel like a 2017 opening would be delayed until September, October, and then at that point, why play even one game? Just wait till the next season and get it completely done. Um, but you know they're not asking me to do any of the building or bossing people around, so they'll open it when they see fit. I guess. I have an idea since I've been rewatching The Sopranos. Just, okay. uh, just to send some guys down there to uh, get that guy. <laughs> well, one of our one of our running jokes um, at Black and Red United when the stadium was not certain was that we were just going to get our whatever building supplies uh, all of our readers had. We were just going to gather all of them and drive there and just try and feverishly build whatever we could with what we had. So, like, I have a bunch of bricks that I was going to use for something in my yard. I was just going to take all of my bricks down there and just hope someone would bring some sort of um, cement and a trowel, and we would just start building a brick wall, and that would be like that would be part of the stadium. And then if someone had like some boards, they would be like, "Oh, I'll just put up a fence next to it. And we can, you know, we'll block it off this way. It'll be a stadium soon." Um, <laughs> we were hoping that you know we could at least turn it into something, and we would just show up one day and start getting to work. It's like almost like a, I'm a Sim City coming to life. That's all. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you need, real life you, Sim. City. You, you need a Boy Scout that needs a project, so you can get his Eagle Scout badge. A couple, a couple troops. Uh, I bet their parents probably have some like better supplies now, like a better shovel or, or you know, newer hammers or something. Well, the whole thing about being getting your Eagle Scout is you gotta get people to, to basically, if you're doing like some sort of um, building project, you gotta get the the stuff for free. So I'm sure they can work on that for you. Yeah, that'll that's how it will just make it'll be a child labor project. We'll just get the stadium built entirely by children. But it's but it's for Eagle Scout projects, so it's legal. So yeah, <laughs> right. No, it's cool because you know, we're helping. We're helping. We're not. We're not. This isn't a sweatshop situation. <laughs> Builds character. Yeah. Um, so DC and the Red Bulls have each have two of the lowest salaries in MLS. Uh, do you think that uh, strategy is going to work for them going forward, uh, or do you think do you think this is like a one off thing, or do you think? Just smart money is the way to go in this league. Uh, I mean, to a certain extent, to be a good team, even even a team like LA with their giant um, salary expenditure, it's only like three roster spots take up almost all of that expenditure, and the rest of it has to be like super super well budgeted, and you have to be very efficient. Um, so, so I think any team that's any good is going to be whether whether or not they have a high salary um you know with de- designated players or if they're just working with what the salary cap gives them and, and what the league covers um i think you've st- it, to be any good in mls you're going to have to do it that way you can't um you see even a team like toronto where sebastian jovenko is incredible but then a lot of their other players are not very good and so despite having a player of that quality they're still like they're going to make the playoffs, but they're not. They don't look like a team that's going to go very far. Um, and so I think what DC is doing and what New York is doing, um, I think it's sort of it's a lesson to the teams that have that money or have or are willing to spend that money um, that you can't just go buy the guy like buy three guys and then that'll do it. Um, New York City is a perfect example. I mean, those guys, they didn't even buy those guys with a plan. Um, I mean, David Villa, I guess, makes sense no matter what you're going to do because he's going to score goals. But um, in any case, you've got to be really, really smart. And so, like, like the Red Bulls, for example, spent a bunch of money on Gonzalo Verón, but he's a young player with a, 
or youngish player with a high high ceiling. Um, and the idea is that he's one for the future. It's not just um, they're not just trying to spend money on a player for today to win the games that are coming up. It's it's with a plan involved. Um, and United can um, hopefully be a team that can do something like that once they're in the new stadium. Um, but until then, um, whether or not it's an effective strategy, I don't know that United has too many other options. I mean, the other option really is just like waste your money and then be terrible. Um, so uh, they've they they're sort of back. It's backs against the wall. Like this is the way that they have to manage the team. Um, and I and I think that you can be. You, there's still a few years where you can be a low budget team as long as you're super efficient with your money um, and be effective. I, I don't think that we're quite at the time where you have to spend to keep up. Uh, I mean, it's not too far off, but. There's still time for for teams keeping within you know clo- close to the within the bounds of the cap. Well, let's let's get into it. We got two low budget teams uh, who <laughs> happen to be in first and second place in the Eastern Conference playing on Sunday. Both teams coming off shit losses. I mean, they were shit in their own special way. What is DC's plan coming into this game in? What all surely, and it's going to be a sold out, very very hostile environment at Red Bull Arena. Uh, I've been wondering about that because the recently United has made there have been enough problems all over the field that um, I don't think that they can just send out the normal lineup with the normal strategy and just say play better. I think they have to actually change something to whether it's just changing players and just trying to spark a reaction. Um, Kofi Opare got a start against the Quakes, and it may have been, it may not have just been about Burnbaum's injury that I mentioned before. It may have been trying to sort of, um, you know, shake him into some some more focus uh, at the start of games. Um, but they've got to do something. And, and now that certain players are back, Michael Farfan's return has been um, pretty nice as far as adding some creativity when he's in the middle. Um, uh, Chris Pontius may be able to play, though his sharpness isn't there. But um, he only played. 52, 53 minutes against um, Montego Bay, so he should be available. Um, that adds some things that Connor Doyle, for example, doesn't bring to the table. Um, so they've got some some options as far as whether they want to um, stick stick with Chris Rolfe on the left and play Farfan as a, an attacking midfielder again, or if they want to play Rolfe up front. Um, Espindola's status is still kind of a mystery, and that kind of that probably will dictate a lot of it. If he's able to start the game, then they'll play four four two, and it'll probably just be about little tweaks within within the system rather than anything radical. But if he's not available, it wouldn't be a, a big shock to me to see United try and match the five man midfield just just to prevent um, what's happened in the other game. The, you know, especially the first game at Red Bull Arena where. DC was defending the entire game. Um, they know they can't do that. Um, Bill Hamid is also up in the air. His his status as far as whether he'll play or not, um, the team is keeping both of those pretty tightly under wraps. Um, and if, if you know Andrew Dykstra is a good backup, but if he starts the game and United defends for ninety minutes, then they're not winning the game. Um, so I think they have to come in with a strategy that pushes back a little bit. They've got to find a way to. Um, not just be pressed the entire game. Chicago, I thought, did a good job with their speed, but we don't have the speed that they do. Um, other than Miguel Aguilar, we don't really have the wingers that can just fly up and down the flanks. Uh, Pontius isn't as fast as he used to be, and that 
pretty much means we have to find a different plan from what worked for Chicago, um, which I, I thought it was funny. There were a lot of fans that were like, oh, look, we'll just do what Chicago did. It's like, well, it's not really going to work. They've got super fast wingers. We, we don't have that. And that was a big factor in that game. So uh, I think United has to look at getting far getting Farfan into the game from the start if Espindola isn't available because there has to be some sort of creative threat to keep New York from just pressing the entire time and eventually succeeding. You have to give them a reason to at least be a little cautious about it or a little apprehensive about full full pressing at all times because otherwise it will just be like the, the first game back in uh, the distant past uh, mm-hmm. that ended 2 nothing and could have been 4 um, if we're being honest. All right, so my last question, and then we're going to get to your game prediction. I, I love asking this question. I'm sure you've probably already heard it because I, I like asking it to everybody, really. Uh, one guy on the Red Bulls team, you you absolutely need to shut down. You got to shut down. Who's that one guy going to be? I would. I'm going to have to go with Lloyd Sam. Um, Sam has given DC United maybe more trouble. Like he's usually he plays well against everyone, but when he plays against DC, he seems to step his game up. Um, whether it's been Sean Franklin. Uh, or Chris Corb going against him in the last two years, he's gotten the better. Or, or I'm, I'm getting it wrong. Um, Corb or Taylor Kemp um, going against him uh, for left back for us, and and he's on the right. Um, he's caused both of them a lot of trouble. Corb is out for the year with a torn ACL, so it's going to be Kemp. Um, and Kemp is United's more attack-minded defender. He's not the best one-on-one guy. He's better when he has space to attack. Um, and it's sort of a twofold problem because if he can't stop Sam, then the service coming in from the right is going to be a huge problem. Um, with, with Bradley Wright Phillips waiting to finish off those chances. And then the other thing is if Kemp is occupied with Sam the entire game, he can't get forward to hit crosses himself. And he's a pretty, he's getting really, really good at that. Um, he's, putting in two or three key passes a game. So he's become a regular source of uh, opportunities for United, and he has to get forward. And if he's if all he's doing is sticking back and being cautious against Sam, then it's not going to work. So he has to play really better than usual one-on-one defense, but also he's going to need some help um, from the left midfield. United's entire team strategy needs to be, in part, keeping in mind preventing the ball from getting over to Sam and sort of keeping him isolated out on the wing and, and restricting his involvement. If if New York is forced to play through Grella a little more, if, if they end up on the left instead of the right, uh, I think United would be comfortable with that. Not that Grella's a bad player, but the way Sam has played against DC United has been... Um, Pretty, pretty excellent. Pretty consistently excellent in in the last couple seasons. So he's the guy that I would I would think of. All right. So last thing we have to ask you before you we let you go, um, and we we try to do this with everybody. Scoreline prediction for your uh, the match on Sunday. Uh, well, we we uh, we did this. Uh, we do our own prediction thing. So I've already I'm already on the record, uh, and I'm going to stick with my prediction. I think for the first hour. New York probably dominating the game, but United is is a little better than the previous trip up. They're they're pushing back a little bit. Um, things start to get stretched out. Um, Fabian Espindola is uh, gets in for maybe the last ten minutes and puts in a corner kick that Bobby Boswell heads in to give DC the win. So the Atlantic Cup goes to New York, but DC gets the the three points uh, this week. I'm I will admit that I'm not really basing that on recent form as much as just sort of, um, I feel like that would be a better story uh, at this point in the season because then you, it's still what, three games in hand for you guys with, that would be eight points um, I believe would be the gap at that point, so 
the Red Bulls would still hold their own destiny, uh, control of the East at that point. But uh, I think it's more interesting if it's if it's a little narrow because right now, I mean, if if the Red Bulls win on the thirtieth, then I would expect them to win the Eastern Conference. It would be pretty difficult for United to win it with the the lack of games left to play. So that's a one nothing win for DC. One one nothing DC via Bobby Boswell. Right. Yeah, because his goals. Four, or sorry, because goal scored is really what the Atlantic Cup's about. So, <clears throat> you, 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 since we won two nothing, that just I do the math in my head. That's why I'm asking to make sure. All right, so uh, Jason, where can people find you uh, online? Where can they read your stuff? Uh, I am at blackandredunited.com. Um, I'm the co-managing editor there, um, so I write a lot of different stuff. Um, as far as Twitter goes, uh, I'm sometimes on the at blackandredu. And not the ampersand. Um, that that's the blog Twitter handle. I'm sometimes on that, but most of the time I'm uh, on my personal account, which is at chestrockwell14. Um, which you can feel free to make fun of me about or laugh, just laugh at the silliness of the name because it is it still amuses me to this day. All right, well, Jason, thanks for uh, taking time out to talk to us today. Um, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Hopefully, obviously, we hope for D. Um, I was gonna say a DC loss. Let's go with that. Yeah, there um, you go. <laughs> all right, so uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll have more Red Bull rant for you right after this. Welcome back to Red Bull Rant. Uh, once again, I want to thank uh, Jason for coming on the show. You can read his stuff at blackandredunited.com. Uh, there's no ampersand here. They actually spell out the word and, just just to make sure everybody's aware of that. Um, so as we discussed with him, uh, the Red Bulls have a game coming up on uh, Sunday, August 30th, against DC United. That game will be at home in uh, Red Bull Arena, which Truman mentioned. It sounds like it's going to be a sellout from what, you're, what you were saying. Looking like, I mean, yeah, it's shaping up to be one. I, I think yeah. you guys, I think you guys saw StubHub tickets in like one hundred one, like sixty something bucks, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we'll find whoever that hooligan is. Yeah, Womp I'm good. Yeah. All right, but so uh, that game it was uh, seven p.m. kickoff uh, locally. Uh, game will be on Fox Sports One. So if you don't have Fox Sports, I guess go to a bar or be at the game. Um, yeah, like Pat and I will be. Exactly. Yeah. I won't be there, but I'll be at home watching a Fox Sports, so at least there's that. Um, so, predictions. Uh, Pat, you're up first. What do you think is going to happen on Sunday? Uh, I think the Red Bull is going to erase the bad taste in everyone's mouth from Chicago and win this game. Um, you know, look, they played D.C. twice this year. Uh, they look solid against them both times. Uh, you know, so I, I think the, you know, the Red Bulls are, you know, prior to the Chicago game, are playing some of the best soccer in the league. I, you know, again, I think we talked about it enough that that was just going to be a blip on the radar. Uh, they're going to come back nicely. Uh, DC, I, you know, Jason, evil Jason kind of said he didn't think the team was be, uh, becoming exposed. I think they are a little bit. Uh, they, I personally don't think they've ever been that impressive all season. And again, a team like the Red Bulls is going to get them fit. So uh, I'm going to go with a 2 nothing win. Uh, and we're going to see some uh, get back to winning soccer uh, for the Red Bulls. I get the feeling, 
and this is just a feeling, and I'm probably crazy, that Sean Wright Phillips might get a start in this game over Grella. Uh, and that's well, not, you know, well, I mean, nothing apparent, Je- Jesse Marsh had made comments that um, going into these two matches that um, Verone and Sean Wright Phillips will probably see a start. So right, well, uh, you would you would think of the games that would have been uh, against Chicago, but uh, I have a feeling after Grella didn't have a great game, and again, nobody did. You know, nobody. Uh, I I think you could see this is the game to get Sean Wright Phillips starting. Uh, Verone, I'm. I'm not sure yet. I don't know if he'll actually start as well. It'd be I'd be surprised if you see both guys getting the start. Uh, I definitely see one of them. I think it's going to be the SWP. Why not get him and his brother going right off the bat against DC in a crazy, crazy atmosphere? Um, I I mean I think the team's pissed off after the way they played Wednesday night. I'd be pissed off. They were certainly embarrassed. I know Dax was not happy. And the best thing you can do is come you. I mean, you're not sitting on that loss for too many days. You only have a few days off. They're going to be pissed, and I like them winning. I agree with everybody. I don't think DC's really been that impressive. So this is this is uh, almost a must-have game at home. Your last game against DC. Uh, I think Red Bulls are going to win, and I think they're going to win three to one. You say you say must-have, and I and I almost want to say must-win. Um, not must-win in terms of making the playoffs, but right. This, this game is effectively, if you can win, a six point twenty in your direction. So, I mean, that, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big must right there. So I, I call it a must win, not a must have. Um, right? Yeah. I mean, you're I, not, you are not. Actually, they're going to be in the playoffs. I think we can actually, agree on that. So. that. Now that I think about it, I don't think there's really any distinction between those two terms. <laughs> Trying to think about it. Uh, <coughs> all right. So, um. I think we'll see something of a repeat from uh, from back in March when they first hosted um, DC United. And by the way, can I just say, as a side note, um, this is apparently MLS Rival Week again. Isn't it funny how now that we're done with New York City FC on the schedule that we're now rival with DC again? <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. Um, <coughs> so I think it's going to be... Kind of something similar to what happened in uh, back in March, which was a two nothing win then too. But I'm going to go one up there. I'm going to go three nothing win. Um, Sean Wright Phillips and Verone getting the first taste of the Atlantic Cup, hate DC week, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, and coming off of that loss against Chicago, wanting to exercise some demons, not really any demons, but just the fact they want to take care of business, you know, get a bit get a big boost in terms of their standings in the Eastern Conference and uh, I, I don't necessarily agree with the fact that if they win they'll win the Eastern Conference but if they do they will be down to I think it's two points away with three games in hand and the, the odds would actually be really good for the Red Bulls to take the top spot in the East so that's where I'm going 3 nothing win for the Red Bulls Hey, are we sure it's three games or not two games? I thought last night was one of the games in hand I thought they only had they had, they had four in hand going into last night Okay, alright. I'll stand corrected, that's fine. Yes, yeah, so I'm looking at the standings right now. It's 27 games played by DC, 24 by New York. Okay. So, there you go. Works for me! The only thing we have to worry about is that Montreal's at 22. Eh, Montreal so. by Montreal themselves in the Montreal, so whatever. <laughs> Montreal in the Montreal town. <laughs> the Montreal screw job takes on a new meaning. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> screw themselves, Jeff. <laughs> alright, so, um,. Let's move on to 
Truman's terrible team of the week. Okay, I can't wait. Guys, I think we all know who it is, right? Do I have enough to say it? Go ahead. Go ahead. Who could it possibly be? Who could possibly have been the worst team from this past weekend? Uh, that's a good question. I, pay, I didn't pay attention this past weekend. That's a look. You haven't paid attention. Attention to I'm, Sunday, Jeff. I was packing to go somewhere. But now that I see the scoreboard, oh, yeah. I can bet who let it me is. T- let me tell you. LA is, team? LA is still scoring goals against blue team. They're still scoring goals <laughs> right now. They just scored like three more goals when we were recording the show. Only three? Uh, hold them back now. Well, you know, they have in the B team at this point. LA two is actually. Uh, oh, is it LA? Is it LA two? So it's LA two playing now. Yeah, yep. They're just rotating guys in. Uh, now, of course, standing wise, not great result for the Red Bulls, but I will take that every day of the week to watch them absolutely get humiliated, like I predicted Saturday night. Um, at a certain place we'll get to in the dumping ground. That's a topic all its own, but uh awesome. I love it. I love it. It's great. It, they got beaten so badly. Humiliated. Hilarious. And Lapmart didn't even play again with his dysentery. Lapmart has dysentery. The Hudson River is a cruel mistress. But I'm sure Nick Chavez was spinning into that they had a great game, so no, all right. All right. Yeah. Let's, oh, let's, yeah. No, we're not. No, we're not talking about him. Let's move on. What, so let's just go right into it. So what, what's this place you want to talk about? <laughs> uh, what was the question? <laughs> Didn't even hear me, huh? What? Huh? You're not even not even paying attention to your own host. What the hell is wrong with you guys? What? What's going I said, on? Let's move. Let's, let's move right into. Let's move right into dumping ground. What was he, the place you want to talk about? Oh, well, clearly I didn't hear that at all. I mean, you, you know, whatever. Internet. Hey, NXT was this weekend. It was fucking awesome. I don't care if I'm not talking about soccer. I don't care. Turn it off if you don't like wrestling talk, because I'm going to talk about it very briefly. Uh, Barclays Center, fancy as fuck. I don't want to pay $7 for a small soda, though. I, I mean, come on now. I know it's Brooklyn, and I know it's Studioville. Seven, seven, six seventy-five for a fucking small soda is Wait, outrageous. Was it outrageous. Like some or- was it some organic craft... Uh, soda? Is that why it was seven dollars? Uh, no. well, if Sprite is organic and crafted <laughs> soda, then then yes. Uh, but I mean, my jaw dropped when they said six seventy five for a fucking small drink. I I couldn't believe it. Uh, but I will say that place is nice and uh, awesome show. We all wore our Forza Lucha shirts, which is really what it was all about. Plus, as we were outside on uh, Fifth Avenue wandering around. I just saw some random guy walking around with a Forza Lucha shirt on. Nobody I knew. So a fan who apparently came to Forza Lucha was rocking the shirt at uh, NXT. There you go. Yeah, Forza Lucha, changing the world. Right. Oh, by the way, uh, if you're coming to the game on Sunday and you're coming to Buena Braza, I still have shirts. I still have shirts, both colors, very, very limited sizes. Uh, If you want to know, go onto our Facebook page, uh, the Forza Lucha Facebook page, and you'll see what we have left. It's not a lot, but we will be selling them. Whatever remains. Fire sale, baby. Forza Lucha. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, my quick dumping ground would be uh, Rebels are having another town hall. Did you hear that, guys? Did oh, you? town hall. Hey, town hall. You know, uh, I pretty much expect Ali Curtis to just kind of walk in there, drop the mic, and then make it rain. But, you know, other than that, you know, the way this, te- this season's going. But uh, other than that, I, I just want to say to the – I'm sure a few idiots are going to get in there. And despite the fact that they don't really have anything to complain about, 
they probably will find something. So all I'm just going to do is implore, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, is that we, the fan, are the biggest ambassadors for the game, for the Red Bulls, and if you act like an imbecile, it's just going to turn people away from the Red Bulls and turn them into the waiting arms of NYCFC, even if that team is garbage. So just... If you have any problems, again, I don't know exactly what you can possibly complain about right now as a Red Bull fan, but if you have any problems, just, you know, explain them cordially and calmly and without screaming your brains out and looking like an imbecile. So, but I, again, for the most part, I expect it to be an ass-kissing fest, which will which be nice. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And if you scream that the Red Bulls don't have identity, god damn yeah. you. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm off that train. I, I I was never on it, but I'm completely off that. That's just. I I want someone to go there and say they didn't take the U.S. Cup serious enough. Yeah, just one person. Just say it. One person. Just I just want somebody's. I want somebody to still be hung up on Becky's fire. Like, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. There will be one person. I want I, I want someone to complain that we lost the international champions cup on goal differential. <laughs> Maybe that's what they need protest signs outside for. Come on, Learning the world's most t-shirts. The world's most prestigious tournament from the last three years, and we can't win this. It's not gold differential. Come on, <laughs> outrageous! What an outrage! Uh, or maybe maybe they should ask why they wouldn't allow us to have a shootout against DC. I mean, uh, LA, because we probably would have won that. All right. Anyway. Um, so I have nothing else. Uh, what about you guys? Anything else? Uh, no. No. What? Listen, I got a few days. I got two days, two full days to get ready for Sunday. All right. Two yeah. Days. Do, so you, do, do you need to? Well, I need them. I need them. I need to get pumped. Two days. See, I would imagine you just go right from like one to eleven on Sunday, right? Because it's DC. Oh yeah. Days. Right. Oh yeah. We're going. We're turning. We're turning the speakers to eleven. There's... So oh, yeah. you don't really need the two days. Yeah, but, but you know. <clears throat> Gotta store that energy. Absolutely. Oh, uh, well, true. Yeah, you gotta do that. Alright, so let's wrap this one up. Uh, you can visit us at onceometro.com. You can, uh, help us by supporting the show. Go to patreon.com slash redbullrant. You can email us, uh, to give us your opinions, your thoughts, any questions you have. Redbullrant at gmail.com. If you want to call us, do the same thing. 973 Facebook.com slash Red Bull Rant on Twitter at Red Bull Rant for the show at once underscore a underscore metro for once metro at Doc the Stooge for myself at PMACD82 for Pat at the Truman for Truman. Subscribe to subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at SoundCloud.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. Uh, any last words before we get out of here? Yeah, uh, one, and I'm, I'm hitting the caps lock for a big ol' win. Bam. Yeah, let's do this. Win. Alright, so for Pat, Truman, and myself, this has been episode number 157 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in, and as always, go Red Bulls. No peace when playing DC. <laughs> Thanks.